Welcome to the Voices in Union podcast with Reggie Jackson and Maria Hamilton. Good morning, Reggie. I know um, two minutes ago I kind of ran off. It's like I'm really full right now. <laughs> but good morning. How was your week? <laughs> You know what? It's been uh, kind of one of those up and down weeks. Had some idiot run a red light and hit my wife's car a couple days ago. No major damage. My wife was okay, but just the fact that he claimed that he had a green light when obviously he didn't, when other cars were swerving to miss his vehicle, and my wife swerved to miss his vehicle, but still, you know, they crashed into each other, and then he... Um, you know, he, he he played the same game. People don't. Oh yeah, don't you know? Don't worry about it. I'll I'll pay for it. I got a buddy with a body shop. You know, what people who who don't have insurance usually say. And so, uh, of course, you know, we knew that that was a trick and a ploy. He had already waved the cops off. Uh, yeah, we we good, we good. And so, you know, when I finally got there, I just kind of told my wife, like, you know what? It's not even worth it. What what are the police are gonna do? They, okay, they probably arrest the guy because he doesn't have a license, he doesn't have insurance. We got enough people in jail already. We don't need to send somebody else to jail just because they ran a red light and hit your car and didn't do much damage. Just let the dude go on and live his life and be okay with it, you know. So I think the fact that you guys do that, maybe a light will come on in his head and say, "Hey, I gotta be a better human being." Yeah, I mean, I, I think that people are so distracted as they're driving nowadays and just really just rude to other people that I don't even sweat it as much as I used to really make me mad. But now I'm at the point where it's like, you know what? I started off with a handful of people doing it, but so many people doing it now. It's like, it's almost like it's normal that you expect to see people do stupid stuff when you're driving. And when you don't see people doing stupid stuff, you're like, really like, man. What's going on today? Me and my wife used to have a joke. This was like, I don't know, 10 years ago. We used to joke that whenever we went out of town and we came back, that within five minutes of being back in Milwaukee, we would see somebody doing something stupid, right? Right. And it never failed. It never failed. We were guaranteed to see somebody doing something stupid driving when we got back. Now we can't even make that joke anymore because basically five minutes if we leave the house within five minutes, we're going to see somebody, really in two minutes, we're going to see somebody going something stupid. So, you know, it's just, it's sad, but, you know, that that's what we've allowed to happen in our city, to have people driving like maniacs. And, and once you once you get accustomed to people driving like that around you, and then you figure you can get away with it, then how do you how do you even get to the point of stopping people? You, you could have 50,000 cops in Milwaukee and it couldn't stop everybody. Because I'm seeing people running stop signs, red lights, right. just doing crazy stuff all the time. It, it gets to a point where it's not going to stop until people just get tired of doing it. Yeah. Literally, um, got on the freeway this morning from work on Moreland. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the speed that I mean, it's 10 minutes to 5. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, Nobody's in a hurry. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. <laughs> traffic is going. The the sun is trying to peek out. 
from behind the clouds. It's still dark out. And here comes this fool. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Now, if somebody, it had to be about eight cars in, in the four lanes. Had anybody hit their brakes, he could have lost it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just insane. I, 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 I mean, I, I just look at the speed limit signs as like they're like optional, <laughs> and if you're going to speed limit, you know, you're you're in the way. Like you, you know, <laughs> they don't even, you know, it's like you got the fast lane and the slow lane, right? Right, right. The slow lane ain't even slow enough for people. Right, right. right. It's like, listen, I'm over here in the slow lane, so why are you pulling up behind me? trying to go 75 when the speed limit is 55. I'm in the slow lane. Get your behind over to the fast lane and go around me. I'm not going to speed up just because you're in a rush, but that's almost like... like It's really kind of theatrical because he was in the fast lane. He jumped in front of me (laughs) and he jumped over again and then it was at the split where you're going to Milwaukee and you're going into Chicago, right? Uh-huh. In the Chicago lane, he had to come all the way back over here, <laughs> across the white lines. I'm like, oh my! And I'm watching him. He's like four cars ahead of me. I mean, it happened in like thirty seconds. So he's mm-hmm. like four cars ahead of me. And then it's like once I got to thirty fifth, he was at the light. Mm. <laughs> I pulled up on the side of him, you know what I'm saying, so I could turn in the outside lane to get right. on the freeway. And I just shook my head. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. your life. That is crazy. That is crazy. Uh, so, so anyway, let, let's talk about what's going on with the convention. You know, DNC is going on, a lot of great speeches, a lot of interesting perspectives. What, what's what's been your take on the DNC so far, Marie? Well, I I um, had the opportunity when I was traveling with um, Hillary Clinton to talk to every last one of the speakers last night. So oh. for me... I'm not going to say what I want to say because there may be somebody for my job. But actually, listening to um, listening to Barack Obama and listening to Kamala, it's like I've heard this before. You know what I'm saying? We're mm-hmm. hearing what Barack said all year for mm-hmm. the last two years, for the last three or four years. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, the only question I, I feel really popular if we can get people to come out and vote when they did in 20, uh, two, what was it, 2008, uh, rank. Um, and it's, it's, it's really important that we keep telling people that you're a part of. Donald Trump, you're voting for him 
if you don't leave your house and vote, we have what a couple of months. Get your absentee ballot. You don't have to put it in jail because we're trying to sabotage that. There is a location where you can early vote. It don't take a rocket scientist to do it. I actually filled out the form and it only takes you 48 seconds. Fill that form out, put in the envelope, and take it and drop it off. There are several locations here in Milwaukee where you can actually drop those balance off. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. This will be her first year voting. That means old is door. Second oldest. Her birthday is in October. So both of them will vote for the first time. So that did say that he would be taking them uh, most likely to the polls to vote. Yeah. They need to have that experience. Uh, our forefathers, my grandmother, my other grandfather, they fought for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ancestors fought for us at um, the right to go to the polls and, and register and to vote to be voice for change. Change is needed right now. But listen, this is what I've been saying to people consistently. It's great that we have the right to vote, but you know what? What right is even more important than that? A right to have some decent people to vote for for a change. Yeah. That's why people don't vote. They don't like the people that are on the ballot. Yeah. You know, we always tell them how, oh, you need to vote. You need to vote. But what if you can't stand none of the people that you have to choose from? How about we find some decent candidates? How about we find some people that people can get excited about? Because, I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about. People are not going to get out and vote. And especially in the, during a pandemic, if they can't get excited about the people that are on the ballot, when 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 are some of these parties going to realize that they need to put somebody on the ballot that gets your, your your blood moving in your body when you hear them or you see them, you get excited about that's what else was different about Obama when he ran in two thousand eight and two thousand twelve. What people don't know about two thousand twelve is that that was the highest voter turnout for blacks in U.S. history. Yeah. We exceeded the white voter turnout rate in 2012. And the reason that the voter turnout turned, went so low in 2016 wasn't because black people decided they didn't want to vote and because, you know, if black people would have went out and voted, then Trump wouldn't have won. That's a bunch of nonsense. Right. What happened was, first of all, nobody liked either the candidates in 2016. Because yeah. when you look at the results, you'll see that the, that the Republican and the Democratic candidates in 2016 got significantly less votes in 2016 than they got in 2012. Right. That's a the country. Right. But this is the other part of it, though, Maria. People forget about all of these barriers that the Republicans put in place between 2012 and 2016 elections. Right. All of these voter ID laws that were passed in multiple states, all of these purging of people from the voting rolls across the country, right. moving polling places, closing polling places, they did this stuff intentionally so that Donald Trump could win the election. But somehow, instead of us recognizing that and calling it out for what it was, 
voter suppression, just straight up voter suppression, what we say is, well, you know, black people need to get out and vote more. I hate to hear people say that because to me it's nonsense. Put the candidate on there that people are excited about and people will get out there and vote. Believe me. But, but, you, but you don't have who's excited right now about either of the candidates? Let me just let me ask you that. Who do you know that's like, man, I can't wait to vote in November for this particular person? I don't know people that's excited. I don't know people that are excited. Well, I know that people are excited about getting Donald Trump out of there. Right. I don't know a whole lot of people are like, man, that, that Joe Biden is, woo! Oh, I love that dude. I don't know people that are feeling that way. The Democrats, listen, it's 331 million people in the United States of America. This is the best you could come up with, America. Donald Trump and Joe Biden, 330 million people, and that's the best we can do? Come on. It's a joke. It's a joke. The system is a joke, Maria. This is why people don't take it seriously. Like, ain't nobody excited about Joe Biden. I'm sorry. And even the people that's speaking at the DNC, they're not like giving a rousing, like, go, go for Joe speeches. What right, they're, right, doing, right. they're doing what Hillary Clinton did in 2016, don't vote for Donald Trump is the message you're getting. Right. They're not saying go vote for Joe. They're saying don't vote for Trump. That's the message I'm getting when I listen to the speeches. When I heard Barack Obama talking, I'm like thinking, did he even mention Joe Biden's name? Because it sounded like he just was blasting Donald Trump the whole speech. Yeah. Give us decent candidates. Right. There's no reason the country with 330 million people can't find two better people than these two clowns to run for darn president of the United States. So, okay. Why we don't have a better candidate? I blame the Democrats. It's the Democratic Party. Y'all have had four years to figure this out. Who are we going to put on the ballot that's going to be a strong candidate in 2020? You had time to figure it out. And this Wait, was better. Was, first of all, you got, you got Bernie Sanders on the ballot right. as a Democrat. When he's been a, a an independent his whole life, right? That's just ridiculous to me. Don't tell me, oh, vote for Bernie Sanders. He's he's not a Democrat. If you were independent in Vermont, you should be independent around the whole darn country. Don't try to join the Democratic Party because you know that's your best chance of winning. It's a joke, Maria. And I'm not trying to discourage anybody from voting. I mean, I. I People do what they want to do. But what I'm saying is when you talk to people that aren't voting, this is what people are telling me. Like, really? The, the, this is my choice? Really? It's like going to the shoe store and, and you go to a shoe store and you don't see any shoes. you like, what do you do? You leave. You don't just buy some shoes. Well, you, you better go buy some. You went to a shoe store, you better buy some shoes. If you don't see shoes you like, you leave the shoe store. When you talking about elections, and you don't see anybody that you like, that you're excited about. But guess what? People don't vote. But even even, even when we look at the, the voting percentage in America, we should be ashamed of ourselves because our voting percentage of people that vote in the United States in presidential elections mm -hmm. is lower than Mexico. Yeah. Mexico is significantly higher turnout in their presidential elections. I talked to a reporter yesterday from Sydney, Australia, right? Mm -hmm. It's mandatory that you vote in Australia. If you don't, they give you a huge fine if you don't vote. So guess what? 95, 96% of people in Australia vote. They get a day off to vote, Maria. You got to scramble around your schedule to get to, the, to, to, to stand in a line for four hours of vote here. 
Right. So our system is broken, and we just seem to be content to stay with a broken system. And don't let don't get me started on the stupidity of the electoral college, because right. that's the most ridiculous thing. Listen, America loves to talk about how wonderful it is, and the founding fathers. The founding fathers were idiots coming up with the electoral college, I'm because not- there is no other election on what? planet Earth where the loser can win. What is it? It's stupid. Because listen. Tell me, if it was so wonderful, why is it that no, nobody else on the planet, nobody, has adopted a system like the Electoral College? If it's right. so wonderful, if it's That's so great, if it means so much. Right. This is an example I always use. If the Packers went to the Super Bowl this year and they played, I don't know, Kansas City, right? Mm. The Packers scored 31 points, Kansas City scored 19 points. And they gave the Lombardi Trophy to Kansas City instead of Green Bay. Uh-huh. People be rioting in the streets. They will lose their minds. Like, oh, my goodness, the, the, the Packers won the game. They scored more points. But in our presidential election, right. gets three million more votes than Donald Trump. And yeah. Donald Trump gets to be president. It's a joke. You, If you explain that to a five-year-old child, they would say, that's not right. That's not fair. It's but not, look at that. 30 million of us are okay with it. We should have been rioting in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like the lobbyists actually paid them off because I went to a lot of those uh, presidential debates and sat and talked with electoral people. And it's like, what do you hear that I didn't hear? Mm-hmm. What did you hear? How did what he said sounds good to your ears. Mm-hmm. And I was appalled. I was really embarrassed to even be in the room at mm-hmm. some of those debates. Mm-hmm. Even with the media people who was asking a question. Y'all couldn't think of better goddamn questions than that. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> you woke up and wrote something on a piece of paper, and this is what you're asking in a debate for the president yeah. of the United States. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all part of the thing. It, it, it's like a it's like a comedy show in many respects. <laughs> this is why I say you can't get mad at people that don't vote. I mean, I get tired of people saying, oh, our ancestors fought for us or had the right to Listen, they didn't just fight for us to have the right to vote. They fought for us. And Dr. King said this. It's not just about uh, voting. He said this in very clear terms. It's just not about voting. He said voting is important. But what's more important is creating candidates that you can put on a ballot that are actually going to do something for the community when they get in office. That's what we don't like to talk about as Americans, that we have all of these crappy people running. You look at your ballot, and most of the people you've never even heard of before it's like, who are these people that are running? You don't know anything about them other than a little postcard they drop in your mailbox, you know, every time an election comes up. And I'm telling you, I, I, I have to be honest about this stuff, that elections are very irritating to me because you hear all of this rhetoric from these people that want you to vote for them. And then after the election, if they lost, you never hear from them again. Right. Like, if you were that concerned about the community, oh, I'm so concerned about the community. And then after the election, it's like, okay, just because you didn't win doesn't mean that you can't still do stuff for the community. Why is it that you just absolutely disappear? 
because you lost the election. And then the ones who win, I mean, Donald Trump started his reelection campaign the day after he was inaugurated as president. Dude, can you do some real work first? Can you do some presidential work before you start ramping up your campaign for the next election already? I mean, well, he's, he's been campaigning for the last four years. He started campaigning the day after he was inaugurated yeah. as president. Dude, do some presidential stuff first. I mean, talk about your first hundred days president. He didn't even go through the first hundred minutes as president before he lost his reelection campaign. Right. It's just a joke. It's a joke, Maria. And I'm not mad at people who don't vote. I'm not mad at them at all because unless we start being realistic as Americans and saying that the system has problems, that saying that the way we run elections is problematic, that money is more important than anything else, until we start having those conversations about fixing the way that money runs politics in this country, then you can't expect everybody to take it seriously because people are stupid. And like I said, I'll say this once again, Maria, 330 million people, and this is the best we could do? Come on. Oh. It's really sad. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment, in my opinion. And I'm not trying to deride Joe Biden or Donald Trump or anybody else. I'm just saying, come on. President of the United States, most powerful position on the planet Earth, and this is the best we could do. Come on, America. What's wrong with us? 22. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta live with what we get. <laughs> and that's the sad part. That's the sad part. It's like, okay, let's go back to, to my analogy of the shoe store. So now you go to the shoe store, you don't like any of the shoes, but you go and buy some you don't like anyways. Like, okay, the lesser of two evils, right? And I always say the lesser of two evils is stupid because you're still picking some evil regardless. You don't have to pick evil if you don't want to. But okay, so you buy some shoes you don't really like, and then you get home and you're like, why did I buy these shoes? Right. I'm not going to be happy with these shoes. They're not comfortable. They're going to hurt your feet, or you're not going to be comfortable. And it's like, okay, take them back now. Yeah, at least you can take the shoes back within 30 days. We can't, like, it, listen, 30 days after the election, can we say, like, can we have a do-over? Can we, <laughs> can we put new names on the ballot to vote for and just get rid of these clowns and start over? Of course, that's not going to happen. But to me, I mean, I, I just have a very hard time trying to convince people to vote when I tell them that how important it is. And they're like, dude, why should I vote for either of these two people? I heard this in 2012 with Hillary Clinton. Black people would tell me, why should I vote for Hillary Clinton? What has she ever done for black people? And it's like, I'm trying to convince, well, you know, um, well, you know, uh, uh, can't come up with nothing. <laughs> And, and so, you know, not not only all of the barriers that have been in place, she but the fact that we don't have strong candidates. What was that, Maria? I missed what you said. I said Hillary Clinton gave me and Don Trey and his voice a platform. That's great. Well, okay, I, let me write that on a list. So one <laughs> one thing she did for one black family. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me, it was eight of us. <laughs> okay. Okay. She helped eight babies. She helped eight out of the 40 million black people in the U.S. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna chalk that up on it. I'm gonna make a new list for Hillary. 
My bad, Hillary. Too much. Right. <laughs> but I'm just saying overall, the, the way that black people have, have perceived <laughs> and her husband. You know, I know black people, you know, Bill Clinton was the first black president. That nonsense. Just because a white guy can play a saxophone don't mean he black. Come on, y'all. That was just stupid. And but that, that I actually heard so many stories about him being in office. She was his wife. So, yes, she did live in a white house for him. But mm-hmm. she wasn't in a position to make decisions. So... Mm-hmm. Why would they go back all these years and blame her for something that he did while he was president? She she ain't signed no paperwork for that. But I don't think nobody, I don't think people were blaming her for stuff that he did. They yeah. were blaming her for stuff that came out of her mouth when she said super predators. Yes, that's what people were mad at her. That's what black people were really mad at her about. She called black people super predators. They weren't talking about Bill Clinton calling nobody super. They were calling her out. Those words came out of her mouth. Oh, they were talking about the three strikes. Yeah, yeah. And mass incarceration. More people went to prison when Bill Clinton was president than any pre- president in U.S. history. Now, all that wasn't his fault, of course. He's right. the president. Congress had a lot to do with that. State legislatures had a lot to do with that. But but listen, if you go back to, to, to what Bill Clinton did when he ran for president, and I tell people, all you got to do is go back and look at the platforms. He basically took the Republican platform, law and order platform, and made that his platform when he ran in 1992 and 1996. For years, the Republicans ran on law and order, starting with with back in the late 60s when Nixon ran on law and order, Mm -hmm. 68, 72, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan in 1980, 84, running on the, the, you know, the that same platform and the democrats realized that man it, it must be something about it is working these guys are getting elected that's why that's, that's why that's yeah. written on law and order and right because it has worked for republicans and guess what bill clinton realized it worked for them it can work for us too and he ran on the law and order platform i tell people go back and look at the platform go back and look at the speeches bill clinton made in 92 and 96 and the things that happened under his watch would not come as a surprise because he realized that that was something that sold for white people. Right. It sold law and order. Oh, it's so dangerous. We got to think. I think during that time, a lot of states ended up signing on to that police state stuff. And once the unit were being demolished, the police department unions and associations were getting stronger. Well, part of that is because Congress bribed them and told them if you don't pass truth in truth in sentencing laws, you're not going to get as much federal funding as you want to get. So they bribed them into passing those laws. I mean, this is the thing that, that irritates the heck out of me is that we talk about politics a lot in our country, right? But this is what we do. We don't really talk about politics. What we talk about is elections. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about what the person does once they get in office because we don't really pay that much attention, right? You you can ask the average person uh, the last election that they voted in. Uh, they may be able to tell you who they voted for, but then ask them this question and see what the answer is. Well, what did they do once they got in office? Right. And they gonna it's gonna be silence because okay. people don't pay. Once they get you in office, they done with you. Right. They don't follow you. They don't sweat you. They don't send you emails, text messages, do like old people do and write you letters. 
asking you when you were talking about doing A, B, and C, and it seemed like you're doing X, Y, and Z instead. People don't bother politicians after they get elected for the most part. A small group of people do, but most Americans that go and vote. Do you think all those 60-some million people that voted for Donald Trump have been sending him letters and texts and emails since he became president and following what he's doing, or they just wait until the next election? We, 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 we place way too much emphasis on voting and not on what comes after it, after the election. They can go on Twitter and see what he's doing on the, on a moment to moment basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if they want to, but I'm just saying, we, 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 I think we, we spend way too much energy getting people excited about voting and not telling them what the next step in the process is, is just holding these people accountable. Right. All politicians accountable, believe me, that that the system would work differently. We don't hold them accountable, Maria. Right. We claim that 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 we, you know, we love That's voting and stuff. Fine. You know what? Listen, don't tell me about don't put that little I voted sticker on your shirt and act like you did something. You haven't done anything special. If you can tell me what that person does the first three months after after you voted for them, then okay, you can put that sticker on your shirt. But if you got that sticker on your shirt three months after the election, you can't tell me a single thing that any people you voted for has done in those three months. Then take the darn sticker off your shirt because you haven't done anything. Follow up with what they're doing. Make sure that those campaign promises they made, that they're sticking with them. Because if they don't, then to me, it's a waste. It's a waste. Aww. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just frustrated today. I don't know. But it's not today, though, because I say this every day. I know, I understand. I know you know the history of it, and and that's the importance of our conversation to inform people. So hopefully somebody will listen to your message today and your teachings and apply themselves in a suitable position when it comes to the election. Because the election that we just went through in um in this primary in August was truly a joke. Uh, I don't even think we we got any kind of clear data, even still, on the uh, election. So, yeah, it, it, it. Hey, I'm like Michelle Obama. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we can unite and uh, <clears throat> really change the way that our voices is heard to people who want to work for people in this country. Hey, every four years we're here. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're going to have the same conversation four years from now, Maria. Uh, <laughs> it's been great talking with you as always. Uh, you know, until next time, be safe. Uh, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. Very proud of you. Very happy yeah. to be a friend of yours and, and be in this space with you because, you know, there's a lot of work to do. I mean, okay, the election is very important, but there's a whole lot of other real issues that are really important that we need to keep working on, too. And I know that that's what you're doing, uh, yes. advocating and, and, you know, speaking with a very clear voice, uh, strong voice. Keep on doing what you're doing, Maria. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm very proud. I'm marching this evening at four o'clock uh, for Red Arrow Park on the DNC, and then I will be getting in my car coming home. But uh, I plan on talking with you guys next Thursday while I'm in Washington.
All right. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, until uh, next week, Thursday, Marie, you take care of yourself. All right. And give All me some food. And give yeah. your love to my family. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.